0: Welcome in lacrosse fans to the Utah Lacks Report. I'm your host, Tim Haslam. In this episode, we talk to PJ Martin, who is the director of True Utah, which is part of the True Lacrosse system that is a nationwide system. I'd never talked to PJ before. Uh, we'd never met in person, but super great guy. I was very excited for this episode. I think you'll learn a lot about True and, and the things that they teach and promote. And hope you, uh, Hope you enjoy the show. Here's Coach Martin. Welcome to the show, coach. How are you? I'm
1: doing great. I'm doing great, Tim. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me today. This is an exciting interview for me. We've never met in person. And so, uh, you know, as I stare at the screen, obviously the the listeners won't be able to see that. But, uh, you know, it's it's an exciting time. Uh, Tell us about yourself, where you're from, how you became uh, involved in lacrosse
1: uh yeah uh, a pleasure um so you know it's kind of I'm from back east Uh, I moved out here two years ago to Utah from New Jersey absolutely love uh Utah so many great facets to it from the people uh the urban environment the outdoors environment and uh so it's kind of a dream come true to be able to be a professional in lacrosse um you know and be in a place like this you know the backdrop on my fields back in New Jersey over the last 15 years are are quite different uh than my standard practice field now uh, makes it, you know, an extra little added bonus it, it, uh, to be doing it. But um, yeah, I grew up in, uh, in New Jersey in the Princeton area. Um, I was a baseball, soccer player, basketball player, yeah, pretty much every sport you could. In seventh grade, I was an all-star baseball player. And then in eighth grade, I went to a prep school locally that my dad was a teacher at. And um, in the fall, a couple, couple of my classmates said, hey, you got you to gotta try this thing. And uh, this thing was lacrosse um and once i started kind of watching it um uh, i was really lucky when i was in eighth grade uh, which was, was 1996 the uh the varsity team at my school went 16-0 and 0 and never trailed in a game um i, I want to say maybe 12 to 15 of the players went division one several of them were captains in division one several of them were multi-time all-americans in division one and so like i got you know enraptured by by seeing these guys as an eighth grader um, Uh, you know, right away and and fell in love with it, fell in love with the intensity of of the program uh, at the Petty School where I went. Um, And uh, it was also a really great time because Princeton um, uh, uh, under Coach Tierney, who's now at Denver, um, was really going off. They had three championships uh, in, in short time in the late 90s when I was a junior and senior in high school. And Um, so that in tandem with, with my high school coach, uh, was a a guy by the name of Bob Turco uh, who back on the East coast, a lot of, a lot of people familiar with that name because he helped grow lacrosse in the tri-state area from, from the beginnings and, um, ran a club called tri-state lacrosse. And so, um, I hit the ground running in eighth grade, being able to participate in tri-state lacrosse and all the camps and, and the first steps of club lacrosse when it was just coming together. Um, and, uh, and kind of just, just. You know, fate put me in that place at that time, and uh, and and here I am now. Uh, you know, running a great program out here in Utah.
0: And and tell us about uh, your college experience. You, you know, when we talked beforehand, you mentioned you played uh, Division Three lacrosse. Where'd you play? How how did that go for you?
1: Absolutely. So I, again, I was lucky. My high school team, um, uh, twenty of twenty-two players, all went Division One. Uh, you know, it was something I looked at um, with Rutgers, Delaware, a couple a couple of those schools. Uh, I wasn't the biggest guy and, and that time, a lot of schools were were looking for, you know, your six footers to play defense. That's that's my position, defense and, and LSM. Um, and so I settled on a division three school, Drew University, uh, which is in North Jersey. It's a smaller school. Um, and uh, it was a really great college experience that I had there. Um, I was able to slide in as a freshman and, and start, get a lot of time. I was a, a two-time captain there um, and just really, uh, blessed to have the, the, the leadership experience I got there. My high school team, uh, we were in and out of the top 10 in the nation. And, and so coming from that to, um, to Drew uh, was, you know, uh, there's some competitive differences overall. Um, and I think that allowed me as sort of, you know, a future coach uh, to really step in and gain a lot of, a lot of great experience. Um, there. And, and, and again, the education, I was right near New York City, um, uh, being at Drew, which is, which is in, in Morris County in New Jersey, which is also a hotbed uh, for lacrosse, um, you know, just, just made for an awesome college experience. And I was lucky to do that and have a great uh, collegiate lacrosse experience as well.
0: Sure. And, and so when the opportunity came to you to, to come in and uh, run the TRUE program in Utah, what what did you first think? You know, Had you been to Utah before? What, what were some of the thoughts going through your
1: head? So it's kind of funny. Um, I was a coach at Colorado College uh, for a mm-hmm. little bit uh, back in 2007, 2008. Um, and uh, the funny story is I graduated with, uh, I, I finished my master's degree in education and was lining up for all these Uh, uh, you know, really uh, great teaching jobs in New Jersey. And I went to uh, the Glastonbury Lacrosse Tournament in Connecticut and ran into another Drew alumni that was the head coach at uh, at CC, the the Tigers in, in Colorado Springs. And he said, hey, I need an assistant coach. Uh, you know, it's, it's a couple thousand bucks and and uh, you know, it's really beautiful. And I was like, okay, let's do that instead of uh, <laughs> jumping into my career as a teacher. And that was my first taste of like lacrosse kind of on the West Coast. Um, and ended up moving back to New Jersey actually to go teach at the Petty School um, with Tri-State, was a director there for a long time. And then in the summer of 2018, my family, uh, my wife, and my now five-year-old, just kind of looking for a change, really wanted to raise him in a place that was a bit different. Um, and I was looking at Colorado because I was familiar with it, connected with, uh, with a friend of mine, uh, the former director of True Utah, Mason Pogue, um, because we played together for a men's box lacrosse team that I run called uh, the Laser Sharks. We actually played out in Las Vegas um, um, and won a championship out there, great experience. And I contacted Mason and said, hey, uh, you know, uh, True Colorado. You know, what's the story behind it? And he said, Well, you should come check out True Utah. And uh, he brought me and my family out uh, in August of 2018. It was the first time we came to Utah. Um, they put us up for a week. Uh, we stayed at the Double Tree downtown in Salt Lake, and uh, kind of, you know, that 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 was the end of the story. We got out here. We saw the mountains. went up to Silver Lake and in, uh, in Cottonwood Canyon, and uh, and and that was all she wrote. And and actually, also the thing that really uh, inspired us to just make this, make this move right away once the opportunity, you know, fully was presented to me um, was the quality of lacrosse that, that Mason had uh, really, really started with his program. I, I helped coach a couple practices during that week and I was just super impressed. I was not expecting boys from Utah, to have the stick skills, um, you know, and, and, and facets of IQ, um, you know, you, you kind of get sheltered being on the East coast and you have this like, Oh, East coast is here and West coast is here. Um, and it, it, it blew my mind in a good way. Um, and, uh, and then in September, I accepted a position and in October we moved. So, uh, it all kind of happened fast, but we're really excited
0: about it all. Sure. Well, let's, let's talk about true lacrosse, you know, for those who don't know sort of how does, how does true run? Cause. Uh, As far as I can tell, best I know, it's a national organization, and then it sort of just has chapters or branches in in a bunch of states. So how does that kind of the overall structure work and how does it work here in Utah?
1: Sure, sure. Um, So True is the largest uh, training and development company in the country. Uh, We're in, I want to say right now, it's 14, 15 states. We're always kind of looking at different states. Most are non-traditional, although we recently opened up True New Jersey, uh, True Maryland, uh, and a True True Florida. Those are three of the the newer ones uh, that have popped up and have been immediately successful. Um, We share across the country, uh, you know, there's there's 50 plus full-time lacrosse professionals running the programs in True across the country. And uh, uh, prior to prior to the pandemic situation, we would twice you know uh, two to four times a year we would all get together back in our home office in Illinois where True was started, um, and we'd all come together and and work through you know and share. It's a great great. uh, uh, peer pool for kind of growing our own knowledge and, and kind of getting some facets that are really successful in training lacrosse players and helping them get recruited kind of getting us all on the same page and, and sharing that information i think that's one facet that really makes true uh special um but like i said we, we've got you know close to 5,000 players inside of true lacrosse across the country and there's kind of a pyramid structure to it in that we have players that will just train with True. So here in Utah, we have players that play for a variety of different clubs, but they also come to us uh, for additional training because we train more than anyone else does. We're, we're training and development company first. Because we do that well, people want us to take them to tournaments. And we, we view our program fully like that. Practice, training, absolutely comes first. No Allen Iverson's in our mix, right? Um, so, so we just, we, we like to put the work in And then the product and the the events and that stuff is secondary to us. Um, And I think it's that attitude that helps us do well, uh, you know, across the country and true.
0: Um,
1: We've got that 5,000 player pool at the base of it. At the base of that pyramid is our training players, uh, guys that are just training. Then we have regional players that prefer to stay more local, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Utah, uh, there's a good opportunity for some local tournaments that play against teams from kind of this Mountain West area. Um, Wyoming, Montana, Utah, Idaho. And that presents a certain level of competition generally. Um, From that regional pool, we then have our state team players. Uh, We have double A program and an A program in the state. And and that's for Utah, if we're looking at it, Utah training players, Utah regional players. uh, Then we have Utah state players, and those players all congregate in in the Sandy area. That's where we do our training now for our state teams. Um, At the regional level, we have uh, a Cache Valley base, we have a Utah County base. We're working on Park City, the Southwest area, kind of out by where Bingham High School, Mountain Ridge, Harriman, Westlake, all those guys are down there. Um, a central area um, uh, in partnering with uh, the Utah Hoppers. Um, so that regional programs are growing rapidly right now. But our state meets in Sandy, all kind of the top players that made that come together in Sandy, um, our A-teams, compete on the West coast for the most part when we can head to Colorado, which should be a Colorado, California, which is now all pretty much Arizona. Um, all the tournaments <laughs> are moved there. Right. Uh, it was nice in September when there was a bunch being moved to Utah. Um, right. that, was, that was a nice bonus. We got, we got a lot of extra action in them. Um, and then, and then over to our state AA program, we we're traveling back East this weekend. Uh, we play uh, a host of top 10 clubs uh, in a few events. Uh, in Maryland and in Delaware, Northern Maryland, Delaware. Um, and then uh, on top of the state programs is where you start to see the national program in TRUE. And so the national program actually has two tiers as well. Um, it, for us out here, we have the National Mountain West program, which is new and growing. And that's for our players in Colorado, Utah, Idaho, and also there's the ability for players that are not from True to try out for that and participate. Um, and then on top of, and there's also uh, national Midwest and there's also national Atlantic. And so you have the East coast pocket of, of top tier guys. You have the Midwest, you have the mountain West. Um, then on top of that, way at the top of the pyramid, you have the national program itself, um, which typically operates in the black and green. It's kind of the differentiator um, where the top players of all of the top uh, national programs that's where they come together and they get one or two events typically throughout the course of the year. Um, and that's the the most premier opportunity inside of true. If you're able to kind of climb that ladder all the way up.
0: Sure. And, and then also you guys, uh, are the only club that's really doing box lacrosse. And so how does that form into your, your training programs? And then sort of, I, I'm assuming it follows sort of the same structure as regional state, national, all that stuff.
1: Well, box is a little bit different because, you know, okay. if,
0: if, you look at, if
1: you look at lacrosse, you know, compared to a baseball, a basketball, a football, right? We, don't, we have a, a small portion of the volume of, of bodies playing the sport still. So sure. if you were to look at, at the volume of people playing baseball compared to the volume of people playing field lacrosse, it's probably even a wider gap between field lacrosse and box lacrosse right? So there's so few people playing box lacrosse. Generally in most areas, the guys that are diving into box lacrosse are guys that are really passionate about lacrosse. So we don't have a tiered system to that. There's typically one team, there could possibly be a second team in an age group. So box lacrosse is a lot more like hockey where um, you can actually, in Canada, you play with the Tykes when you're three to five years old. Uh, you play with the novice when you're like five to seven peewees are, or, or, you know, eight, nine, 10, uh, and then you have bantam and midget, and then you got your high school groups. And, and so we currently go peewee through high school. We have three high school teams. They're kind of the, they, they break down a little bit by skill, but mostly by age. Box lacrosse is, as, as you know, but many people don't is, is significantly more physical. It's significantly faster. Um, it's in a, in, in a, in a hockey rink scenario, obviously no ice. Um, um, but, uh, a lot more like hockey um, with the physicality. You can have your hands extended at the top and the bottom of the stick. And it's called a place and push officially. But people like to say, oh, you can cross check in box lacrosse. There's a difference. Sure. You can't actually cross check. Uh, but there's a form of it that you can use. And in and in good games between two teams, probably looks a little more like a cross check uh, uh, to most that are used to field lacrosse. Um, but the, the key for us with box lacrosse is it is – You know, in the average field lacrosse practice, you get 400 maybe touches, they say, right? So the times you touch the ball, whether it's picking up a ground ball or, you know, getting it in a live scrimmage drill, the amount of times you touch it, about 400. In a box practice, it's 1,000 to 1,200 because you're you're confined, the drill work is faster, it's tighter spaces, um, and just those additional touches, uh, they rapidly improve skill growth so as a skill incubator as an iq incubator when you got a guy who can cross check you and you're really close to him all the time and you got boards behind you so you can't run away you tend to get smarter and quicker and craftier in what you in what you do if you want to be successful um and so you know it's it's our mindset that that our box across program the utah sting i'm I'm, uh, representing today uh 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 utah Sting. we like to think it's kind of the most Elite level lacrosse experience available right now in Utah. Um, we do travel out of state. We play excellent box lacrosse teams, and we usually fare pretty well um, because we coach the game in very much Canadian or, or native style. Um, that you know brings a lot. A lot of our players that are in box lacrosse and field lacrosse, uh, you know, are among when you when you see after this season, knock on wood, um, you know, that all state list, uh, all American list. It's our expectation that uh, you know a good amount of guys in our box lacrosse program um, are going to be on that list. And, and that's, that's part of the secret behind it.
0: Sure. And, and, you know, you have coaches who, I I feel like box lacrosse is, you know, it it became, it's always been popular in certain areas of the country and and obviously certainly in Canada. Um, but, but it sort of hit the West coast when you had, um, you know, sort of the guys in Colorado, like, like Denver kind of getting behind it saying like, Hey, this is why we won our championship because our guys are playing box lacrosse. Right. And so we, we saw this surge of box lacrosse and, and uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't pay enough attention as I should, but it feels like it's sort of leveled out. And so I guess the question is, is, how do we, how do we keep it raising? How do we keep it growing? How do we keep, keep it going?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's our agenda to try to expose more guys to box lacrosse in that, uh, you know, one of the things in Utah is, is a lack of facilities. There's not very many around um, and so that impacts the ability to run box lacrosse program in a variety of different ways. You know, a lot of, a lot of individuals in Utah, they aren't, they aren't usually adjusted to kind of what the cost of playing a sport like that is back East, which is kind of normal for, for the elite players. And, and so that's a small barrier for us. Uh, to try to find ways to, to make the cost structure fit to, to run the program. But, but a box lacrosse league, uh, mean, um, we've gone as far up in, up in West Haven, Utah. Uh, I spent a week hanging nets that we bought in a facility there, um, Ultimate Indoor, just so we could start to run programming, right? So we've gone that far to try to grow box lacrosse because we believe in it uh, uh, so much. Um, but, but I think a big next step for us is to try to take the core players. We have, we've got a hundred players that are playing in our box of programming now. Um, and over the course of, you know, the pandemic again has slowed our plans for this sort of thing It being an indoor sport, but the hopes that we can, you know, create a, you know, Saturday morning box league. And we've got, you know, 300, 400 kids from Utah participating and, and the way that would work best off the bat. Is for us to be running like 15-minute instructional clinics at the beginning of it, um, because the tr- the truth of the matter is, very few. I would say you know there could be less than 10, 15 people in the state of Utah that have played in a real box lacrosse game north of the border on the Onondaga Reservation, right? And and a lot of people have played box lacrosse six on six with stand-up goals and a stand-up goalie, but that is not the same thing and it does not have the same impact on, it does help uh, grow skill because the ball doesn't go out of bounds and you get more touches, um, but it's, it's a whole different ball game. It's kind of like, you know, you're, 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 you're learning, you're going from a 2D world, two-dimensional world, uh, uh, and that hybrid lacrosse game is still that vertical two-dimensional world, but when you play box lacrosse, it's actually attacking a lot more east-west, the goalies are wide, you have to score out and around, and you're literally taking it from a two-dimensional game and turning into a three-dimensional game and that just opens the brain to so many more possibilities which is why you see those that you know the emphasis of boxing the collegiate landscape yeah. um, you know and, and those guys from US Box, like Shayden Santos and Matt Brown from Denver um, those guys have been critical uh, in the growth of I mean they are the reason it's grown on the west coast of the United States and and even more so throughout the country and Kudos to those guys for what they've done. I'm, I'm actually the uh, U.S. Boxley Utah State Director outside of being you know, the, the director of True Utah. Um, and, and it's been excellent to continue to work with those guys and, and, and help grow the game of box across. Next step for us is also girls box across. You know We're eager to, to get that mm-hmm. going and, and really expand that opportunity for, for girls inside the state. So a lot of different ways we can grow it.
0: That <clears throat> that brings up two questions uh, to me. One is uh, when the PLO came here last summer, People were like, "Oh, this is the first professional game in Utah." Um, it was the first professional games in Utah that counted. There was actually an NLL scrimmage here in 2006 <laughs> or seven. It was the it was a team from Arizona, which is, I believe, the is state, now the, fog. the state. Yeah. yeah, the state. Yeah, and, uh, we, and that, uh, we, we did that on purpose, but we <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, yeah, they scrimmaged at at the Maverick Center, uh, you know, 13, 14 years ago. So, and and uh, I I was there. It was it was awesome. People yeah. loved it. It was great. So, well, I'm gonna, uh, my,
1: with that with that knowledge, I'm going to have to try to bring them back. So we'll see what we can
0: do. <laughs> we would love to host a, a preseason exhibition between some of the NLL teams. I think I think uh, that'd be really popular. I think people would awesome. definitely come out to that. My my second question: Does True run a girls' program here in Utah?
1: So we had a girls program that operated uh, a few years ago um, for kind of staffing bandwidth reasons. Um, we had to kind of put that to the side for a moment, but we've actually just kicked it up. We've got a couple great uh, coaches from inside of Utah. Um, Mariah Greenstein is a coach uh, over at Alta High School. Uh, Allison Knoll, uh, who's another player that was a UVU player. Um, and they're, they've, they've taken the reins in the girls program. Uh, we had a great summer this past summer. It was our first summer. Um, we had three teams, AA a and a middle school team Um, they all did really well in the local events uh, and we're excited for them to take the next step we're going to have a bunch of clinics offered for girls um, actually in the pleasant grove area we have an indoor space that uh, we share down there and uh, so there'll be a bunch of clinics on mondays and tuesdays in january and february um, with a tryout again in the spring uh, to, to recraft our teams for our summer season and we're aiming again to have those three uh, sort of double A older group A kind of kind of developmental group or younger group, um, and then the middle school program. Um, and then again, it's it's just been something for us where we're eager once that um, has really solidified itself from year to year to then jump uh, right into doing girls' box across. So,
0: sure. And and talk about just uh, you know you you had uh, reached out to me and, and told me that you guys are going to put on an event uh, on June eighth and ninth and uh, next summer called the Mountain West Showcase. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me about the genesis of that. Tell me the idea behind it, and, and ultimately how kids can, can get signed up.
1: Well, I mean, when we got out here, obviously the, the first narrative is that you have to go back East if you want exposure and recruiting. Um, and it's been very, very true. Um, for players in Utah, you have to be with a, with, with a true Utah. You have to you know, get your way onto a West Coast Stars. Um, or, true, you know, true national VR program a- in order to really go be seen by college coaches. Um, not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Um, so, so, you know, we looked at this whole thing and, and myself and my co-directors out here, um, Bruce Peary, who played at Bryant, uh, Division I, another New Jersey guy, and Steve Ritchie, who is a recent coach at RIT, a top five Division Three school, the three of us, you know, along with Elsie Morchel, the national director uh, from True Lacrosse, you know, we've been talking about it for a long time. And we said, you know what, this is it. It's, it's time. Uh, we need to bring these coaches here. Um, the University of Utah has been doing an excellent job. Um, you know, they, they brought a couple players, some of the top players from Utah in this current recruiting class um, coming up over the next two years, the 21s, the 22s. Um, but outside of that, uh, that school and, and a couple, you know, uh, Brendan Dot at Air Force, um, or maybe a couple guys that pop up at Denver. Of course, you've got Bubba Fairman in Maryland, but he did a lot of time, spent a lot of time back East, even, even spent a portion of his year back East in order to get that kind of exposure. Um, you know, we just felt that it was time to bring these guys out here. And so we put together this showcase that's going to be led uh, by some of the top uh, programs in Division One, Division Two, II, Division III. Um, and the idea is it's going to be uh, an intimate environment. These coaches will be leading it. I'll be there, but I'm going to be around the outside, making sure those coaches have everything they need. I'll be the water boy, I'll be the water carrier, whatever you want to call it, um, and just trying to facilitate this experience so that players from Utah and it's not just about True. This is about you know anybody that has a, a goal to try to play collegiate lacrosse. And we have a variety of coaches from you know top five schools in Division One, two, II, and three uh, to schools that are looking at you know you know building their program, newer programs that are really really hungry for great athletes. Um, and so you know this is something for players in Idaho Nevada Arizona uh, Utah um, you know even even out in Kansas and, and kind of all the surrounding areas and we do hope to have some representation from Colorado California the Pacific Northwest but our main focus obviously is the namesake this this mountain west area you know and providing these guys this this excellent opportunity and some of the schools that we've got uh, coming out uh, Denver Matt Brown we mentioned before with with us boxa but um, Denver's coming. Air Force, University of Utah. Um, we've got Delaware, St. Joe's, who recently also has been pulling in uh, uh, several Utah players. They've kind of uh, realized that there's something in the water out here um, with these boys and the the competitive environment that's brewing. Um, we've got great D2 programs. Colorado Mesa, a local uh, Wingate from North Carolina. Belmont Abbey um, uh, is a program that's coming out as well, along with. Uh, A host of D3 schools. Uh, Steve Ritchie has brought a bunch of uh, great upstate powerhouses from the Liberty League, RIT Nazareth, uh, my my alma mater, and and a couple other programs that are run by Drew alums, uh, Rhodes College, Kenyon, um, uh, you know, and and Drew, as I said, and even a few JUCOs uh, will be coming out, uh, the NJCAA junior colleges. That's a really interesting avenue, too. We could go on at a later date, but this idea that Um, You know, players that kind of need a little more time to develop can go to a junior college, get pretty close to even a division one lacrosse experience uh, at a junior college, maybe take care of some academic uh, pieces. uh, And then with those JUCOs, they often have like tuition reimbursement programs where, you know, you can go from there and develop. And, and, and Division two schools, you know, Division one schools often will take players from JUCO after that second year and they, they move right over and they've got 40% off their tuition at a local university because they went to the JUCO first. We have a, a great player from the Fremont program uh, named Merrick Mosner, who's out at Mercer County, which is where I grew up. Um, uh, back in New Jersey, doing a great job and starting to draw a lot of attention from some different NCAA schools. Uh, And we're excited to see some more guys, you know, go down that road, but also, you know, get these exposure opportunities. They'll be working with these coaches on the field. The, The format of it is some positional instruction at the start, then moving into divided up teams for some team practices. So each team will have uh, two to three collegiate coaches that are working with them for the rest of that experience. Um, and it's going to be a long day on the eighth. It's positional in the morning. You show up at nine, you're doing positional till 11, 1130 uh, team practices until about 1230 break for lunch, come back around 1:32, game play, you're, you're revolving game play. So these coaches get to see you play live as well as coach you coach against you, which also uh, gives a lot of insight to what a player is capable of. Um, Then we'll do sort of an all-star selection game that evening, Uh, and then we come back the next day for some bracket play, Um, and also this event, we kind of divide it in half. There's going to be a a, a 2022 and 2023 segment, Uh, uh, and these are all occurring at the same time. There's also going to be a 2024 and a 2025, so we've got those rising seniors, Hmm. rising juniors, and then those rising sophomores, rising freshmen, um, you know, all hopefully to have a great opportunity to get on the radar.
0: Cool. Cool. And, and again, that's June 8th and 9th. That'll be at uh, the Regional Athletic Complex. Uh, people go to sign up on the, the True Lacrosse website, right?
1: Correct, correct.
0: That's uh, ut.truelacrosse.com slash MTN West Showcase. Uh, and you can sign up there. Like you said, it's for the grad years, 2020, uh, 2022, 2023s, and then 24s and 25s. An awesome opportunity to, to stay local, not have to spend a ton of money to go back east and, and get these college uh, lacrosse coaches looking at you. I'm I'm assuming that uh, as, the, as the months go on, that more and more coaches will, will uh, come on board and, and be coming out. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the great thing is we just, uh, this past Tuesday, we just put out our first two schools. Like we're kind of, you know, doing that slow drip announcement, although you sure. can go to the website and you can see all the schools currently <laughs> registered for it. Um, but uh, using that strategy on social media and just by sharing a couple, um, we had four schools since Tuesday contact us to ask us if they can sign up. Um, I think one of the one of the good uh, things that gives some context to this is, is right now uh, the messaging that we're getting. And, and so our first... Uh, for TRUE Utah. Our 2022s were really the first class we've had since like the start of TRUE. They've they've been through it for the entirety of the program. Um, We've already had three 2022s commit to Division I programs. University of Utah, uh, Mason Quick, uh, Chris Caldwell to the University of Denver, and uh, Blaze Gracie, uh, who who's now uh, signed with Air Force Academy, um, you know, very proud of those guys. But the reason that that you know three guys from Utah have so quickly uh, been picked up by these sorts of schools is uh, this idea that college coaches right now are turning their eyes hard to these non-traditional areas to find that of Affairman, uh, right, or that or that guy that maybe in their youth program. They haven't, you know, they've been coached by, by dads who have stepped up to the call and haven't played lacrosse, learned a bunch maybe on YouTube, or they coached other sports so they can cross over some of their experience. But the nuances of lacrosse, it's not like in Long Island where your grandpa played lacrosse and your sister and your dad, and, you know, and they're all helping you in the backyard. So you grow up with all this IQ and knowledge. Um, generally, that's not the case with guys from Utah and Georgia and Idaho and, you know, some of these other spots. And so college coaches are, are really realizing this because more and more of these non-traditional areas have gone back East and pound for pound, you know, we might not be winning all the big games against your, your, your teams from Maryland and Long Island from kind of the heart of the MIAA you know, schools of Maryland, the boys, Latins, the McDonough's, you know, the Georgetown preps, these guys. Um, but individual per individual, guys are competing very, very well. And so collegiate coaches are recognizing, hey, there's these guys that are raw, and I can take them and, and right now they're competing with guys that, you know, have all this IQ and, and, and the non traditional guys don't, I can take these guys that are competing these, these awesome athletes, and I can bring them into my program with my staff and we can teach them everything they need to know. And their ceiling for growth is so much higher once they get to college. So they're already competing pound for pound back East. And then I can take them into my program and then their ceiling will, will accelerate. And so it's an exciting thing for us. And I think you're going to continue to see a trend, right? And it's really starting right now. So the 23s, the 24s, the 25s, you know, these guys are going to get, get in in this cycle where coaches are really looking this way. And I also think that that's a big reason why, you know, in the first couple of days we called coaches to, to come and attend the mountain West showcase and be our core staff. We were batting a thousand not one person turned us down. Everybody said, yeah. And I mean, it, it helps because they want to come out and be in Utah for a few days, uh, which is <laughs> sure. a nice bonus, but uh, it's just an exciting time to have this event and for players in and around this region, you know, to, to find the the places where they can get some exposure because coaches are looking for them right now.
0: Sure. Uh, PJ, I want to thank you for your your time today and, and coming on the podcast. One last question for you. What's been your favorite lacrosse memory?
1: Oh boy, there, there's a lot of great memories. Uh, I would say it's it's kind of a it's kind of a two-fold thing, and I'm going to take it back to, uh, to 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 the old days in high school. Uh, my my junior year, uh, we made it to the the championship game. The, the week preceding the championship game, it it, it was uh, 97 degrees, and it was supposed to be like 105 humid New Jersey crazy heat. So our coach uh, uh, threw us in sweats for the week. And uh, we practiced hard to get our bodies acclimated, uh, may or may not have limited uh, uh, hydration at certain points. Uh, uh, and then halfway through the week, we took our sweatshirts off. It was a big breath. And then towards the end of the week, uh, we took the sweatpants off. And next thing you know, it was game time. We outshot our opponent 55 to 25, and we lost 5 to 4. And uh, it was a total heartbreaker. And why that's a great memory for me is, is it taught myself and my friends and the team a lot. We came back that next year. Um, we opened the season with a huge victory over that same team, probably the, the worst they'd been beaten in, in 20 years uh, or, or more. Um, and then just, just stormed our way on to a great championship victory again over that same team, beating them twice in one season. Um, and it was just, uh, you know, I can see the, the one photo in my mind so clear. And it brings me a ton of joy just to think about sort of that, that rebound from the immense heartbreak from what we all put into it to, to lose that game under those conditions and then uh, you know to come back that following year. And, and that's something that my entire, I think, perspective on lacrosse circles around, you know, the fact that this game, it's an absolute roller coaster. And, and it's about being able to ride the roller coaster, right, and and keep it together and believe in yourself. And I think that can do attitude um, no matter what sort of knocks you down is, is pivotal to the, to our philosophy and how we work with our players. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, just an awesome memory. I could rattle off a bunch. Lacrosse has brought me so much joy. Um, but, uh, but we'll leave it at that one for now. <laughs> uh,
0: well, thank you very much again. And, and again, if you're interested in, in true lacrosse and what they're doing, it's ut.truelacrosse.com. Thanks again, PJ and, and best of luck moving forward.
1: Absolutely, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure, and, and I look forward to having the chance to, to work with you again in the future.